Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Doing good. How was your weekend? Went to a pinball festival in Houston. Wow. Did you take your uh, glasses with your tape in, uh, in between the bridge? And Always. Everything? I nerded out, man. <laughs> I nerded out. Awesome, man. That, uh, I'm sure it was huge. I'm sure. That's crazy. Six-hour trek. I yeah. didn't realize how far it was. Was that your first time from West Texas to Houston? It was. Long and you have drive. to go through a major city in San, Angel- or San Antonio just to get there. It's just... Ugh. It is. It's uh, crazy. But there's a Bucky's along the way. So Two. There's two Buckies now. Yeah, two, two Buckies. One of them's getting resurrected, but it was kind of open, and we were going to stop there. And the frontage road was packed, trying to get in, so we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Have we you, just bypassed. Do it. you like Buckies? It's okay. It's it's just a one time thing. One time away. thing. But yeah. I I did spend the nine dollars on their beef brisket sandwich, which I would never do. No, I. But I said I'll do it one time. One time. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I don't like sweet. Oh, you know what? It was pork brisket. Pork sandwich. Pulled pork sandwiches. That's what I got. Still sweet. sweet. They it's have sweet. sweet sauce. Yeah, I don't like the sweet sauce. Yeah. So um, every, every time that uh, an opportunity comes up, I pass. Yeah, it's a pass for me. So how was the pinball con- conference? So on? the one in Dallas and Frisco in March is very businesslike. They literally like, hey, you we don't let you in until 10 a.m. And we promptly shut this down at the designated time very very businesslike right this one is a party it is an absolute straight up party i didn't know what i was gonna expect i walk in on friday night and i hear nothing but they had a dj and there was a rave going on so i i surmise that this is literally a party with a side hustle of pinball because you could play 24 hours a day Oh, wow. They so it never open. shut it down. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Saturday night, they had two bands, two 80s bands. One of okay. them was a Duran Duran cover. Okay. Which was amazing. They yeah. were really good. Right. Uh, the other one was more of a classic rock. Right. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, I had a blast. I, I certainly, uh, I thought I was, you know, trying to, because I knew this was going to be a marathon, mm-hmm. not a sprint. And I still underestimated this party that was going. How many um, pinball machines do you estimate that there were there? So there probably was a hundred. hundred. Where the one in Dallas is 500. Wow. This was very arcade too. They had every console arcade computer game you could think of. And ones that I never even seen. Okay. Pretty amazing, man. So how many thousands of people? Uh, No. No? It was nice. It was really okay, nice. That's good. Yeah, uh, probably five hundred, maybe. Okay. Yeah, uh, one that was was really funny. I got a picture of it. Is they have a new pinball Halloween? It's an R-rated pinball. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and at one point, Jay, uh, uh, Mike Myers was standing in line, full body Mike Myers to right. play the game. Awesome. <laughs> So I, I made him turn around and go, yeah. hey, you're going to play your own game. Look at you, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So it was a good time. I'm glad you had a fun time. Any traffic that you get into in Houston? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I've heard it's um worse in L.A. It's really bad. That that The traffic. Yeah. yeah. yeah traffic. And I, don't, I think San Antonio is just as bad, too. 
I've never, I've fortunately, I've never been stuck in San Antonio traffic. Okay. I either leave really early or l- yeah. late. Nice. So, yeah. What did you do? Um, I went to go see the latest Marvel mu- movie. What? Yeah. I'm going tomorrow night. I don't think you need to tell me anything about it. No, I it's I enjoyed it. I you mean, enjoyed a lot it. Of, a lot of people are not really happy with it. I guess only did 47 the mil. They're disappointed. Yeah, but um, I, I'm I like the story. But the other thing is that you know the, it's Marvel, so it's spinning off of a lot of series. Yes. So if you watch WandaVision, if you watched uh, Miss Marvel. That kind of ties into it, and also the first Captain Marvel. Did you watch Miss Marvel? Oh yeah, I did. I did too. It's 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 very kid oriented. Yeah, though. it is. It's cool. It's I mean, yeah. and it's her age. I mean, she's a sixteen year old superhero. Yeah. I just so it's gonna follow. Just her. finished it. Yeah, two I days like ago. It. It's nothing crazy, but yeah. um, you know, but it's funny. So it's one to ten. Where are you putting the bar on on this movie? Um, I'm gonna say. And a seven. Okay, so it's I, I should expect I mean, a seven tomorrow night. Yeah, okay. I think so. It's it's fun. Okay. Now, a lot of people are, are really getting on to Marvel and saying they've lost their ch- touch and lost the magic of the, the superhero universe or whatever. But um, a lot of people have also said that if you look back at the first few years of uh, Marvel, they didn't produce anything amazing. Some of the Thor movies are terrible. Yeah. Um. Some of the other some Iron Man movies are kind of lackluster, also. So it's just that they haven't changed. We have changed. Do you disagree with the uh, some of the critics right now? Um, I disagree with the whole Marvel climate. Uh just in general. I mean, the people are down on this movie. Do you disagree? They shouldn't oh, be down on it. I don't think they should be down on it, but I don't think they should be praising it. It's not like yeah. a an amazing movie that will set up everything else because it just confuses a lot more people now because it is a multiverse. Right. So it's just, um, and it doesn't really connect any lines from other movies so that we've seen. it's kind of a standalone. It can be, but then okay. I guess there's an opportunity to, to, to go back or okay. to, to include it okay. into the multiverse saga. Nice. Which I think that's what phase five is. I think if we're in phase five right now, okay, the multiverse saga. So nice. yeah, that's that's what I did with the family this past week. Did you happen to catch any fighting action? I'll be honest with you, I was busy, busy. So I didn't... oh no, I did. I did catch um yeah. the UFC pay per view. Yes. Um, I, there was no boxing this Saturday. No. This past Saturday, although we did preview a couple fights, those have yet to happen as of the, as of this recording. So by the time you do hear it, hear it this happen. It would have happened. And we're and the weird part about it, it's on a Thursday night. Thursday night. So Thursday night. Um, Strange. So now that we're talking to you in the future. Yes. Multiverse. <laughs> you know, yeah, in the multiverse, exactly. No, but um yeah, that's gonna happen. Like I said, it's gonna be we're recording, it hasn't happened yet. Shakur Stevenson fighting, also Emmanuel Navarrete fighting. Two big names. Big names yep. on that. Yep. Um but so let's just go ahead and go to our boxing preview. Nick Ball versus Isaac Dalby live from the AO Arena in Manchester, Manchester, United Kingdom. Nick Ball versus Isaac Dalby in a 12-round featherweight bout. This is at 126 pounds. Ramirez, Luis Alberto Lopez, Ray Vargas, Brandon Figueroa, and Lee Wood are some of our other champions. Now, this is for the WBA final eliminator. The title is currently vacant. Now, Isaac Royal Storm Dogbo is 29 years old, 24 and 3, with 15 KOs. He is currently ranked 11th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision April of this year, and he debuted in 2013. 
Now, Nick Ball is 26 years old, 18-0 with 11 KOs. He is currently ranked 10th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the 12th round, May of this year, and he debuted in 2017. Now, Ball is a favorite at minus 260, and Dogbo is an underdog at 190. Nick Ball is from Liverpool. He stands at 5'2 with a 65-inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance and now has a 61% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Ludumo Lamati, Jesus Ramirez Rubio, and Isaac Lowe. Isaac Dabe is from Ghana. He stands at 5'2 with a 64-inch reach and now and fights out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 60, 62% knockout rate with notable wins against Joet Gonzalez, Christopher Diaz, and Adam Lopez. Notable losses come against Ropesy Ramirez and Emmanuel Navarrete. I pretty, feel pretty sure I've seen Dogbo fight, but I don't yeah, think we've Ball. Has, no, I, you know, Ball's an up-and-comer. He's is he? fighting, of course, is the eliminator. He's undefeated yeah. coming up, going in against a former world champion who was defeated by uh, Emmanuel Navarrete for that title twice, actually. Are I'm you going to drink the undefeated Kool-Aid I am tonight. drinking it. I'm at, putting a little bit of extra ice, okay. and we'll be picking Nick Ball by decision win. Well, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I am also going to take a Nick Ball by decision. It's uh, not. It's rare that we see the former champion being an underdog, right? Yeah, that is kind of uh, strange to me. But what? it looks like the the betters do have um, an eye out for Ball. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to our boxing news and notes. Naganu secures a top ten WBC ranking and set stage for a possible title fight. Naganu has landed the number 10 spot in the WBC next set of official rankings. So, do we agree that he should be in the top 10? Um, Man, you know, from the lack of huge names in boxing. In the heavyweight division? In the heavyweight now? division. Okay. Um, I, I'm not... I'm okay with a 10. You know, I'm not happy about it, like crazy happy about it, but a 10 is is good for him. I, I would have been really more leaning towards maybe 15 to 13. I agree with you, yeah. but he's in the top 10. Top Do you 10? think he should be even higher? Um, you look at I think after one exhibition one. fight. He's one he's 0 and 1. 0 and 1. How many times have you been lost a fight and actually been um promoted to top 10 in the world? How many 0-1 fighters have ever been in a top 10? Probably never, right? <laughs> never, right? I mean, it's, think about yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, never. Never in the history of boxing have we had an undefe- and, a, a defeated fighter, right, make and, the top 10. And then if you didn't hear all of that, the w, the WBC is saying, hey, he deserves another title shot with someone else that has a title. Wow. That I mean, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but you know what? I'm, I would like to see him fight someone for a title. I do too. Maybe, maybe like an intercontinental title. Okay. Uh, some a silver title, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. and prepare him for maybe a Usyk or the winner of Usyk and Fury later on. Sure. But again, too, I would also like to see him get some tre- uh wear some tread on those tires, he, right? Get he some tread at on least needs a couple tune-up fights, no matter yeah, what exactly. it is. I need him to see an uh, see him fight another heavyweight. Uh, fighter in that division. Right. And well, Mr. Kirk, are you ready for a day of reckoning? A day of reckoning? Yes, sir. What does that mean? December 23rd. We will have a day of reckoning 
live from Saudi Arabia, part of the Riyadh season, okay. and it's a huge boxing card. Can, how let me, how huge could it possibly be? Could it possibly be on the same card? Okay, so so we're doing a hypothetical no, no, in no, Saudi Arabia. No. no, this is this is how this is okay. this is the same card. Wait, wait. This is a real when ready December twenty third of twenty twenty five twenty twenty three. Okay, hold on. Five weeks, like you're literally telling me, five weeks out, you have this mega card that apparently is signed, sealed, and delivered. Give it to me. I don't believe on the same card. Okay, same card. Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua. Deontay Wilder. What? They're not fighting each other. Oh. All right. Just, just I'm sorry. But, but they're on the, but same, they're on card, the same card, which is already bigger than the Naganu Fury because really nobody underneath them was really as big as those two names. Okay. That's a mega card. Yep. I'm in. Mega card. All right. Well, so Deont- De- Anthony Joshua okay. is fighting Otto Wiley. Number 10 ranked in, in the world. Okay. Deontay Wilder will be fighting Joseph Parker. Number eight ranked in the world. Danny Dubois will be fighting. What? On this card. No way. Jarrell Big Baby Miller. I'm 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 impressed. Okay, I'm impressed. All right, can I tell you another a name that it's probably bigger than all of these? In in maybe maybe yours yours is not in my eyes. My world. Okay. All right, we have WBA light heavyweight champion of the world, Dimitri Bevel. What? Fighting Landon Arthur. Wow. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. All on the same night. Same night? All on the same card. An- another name that you okay. may know on the same card. Okay. Probably going to fi- fight at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. IBF cruiserweight champion, Jai Obataya. Obataya? Versus Ellis Zero. Oh, my gosh. And he's on the undercard? He's he's on the whole card. I don't think there's like yeah, there's there's a whole card. Okay. Yeah. But he's like literally like fifth best fight on this card. Right. Right. A couple other names that you probably okay. remember. Frank Sanchez from Cuba, he'll be fighting yep. a New Zealander Junior Fa. Okay. And also Philip Philip Hargrave will who's yes. a WBF mandatory challenger. I know him. Will collide with Mark Demory. How the heck did are they pulling this off? Come on. This is Saudi Arabia we're talking about. Unlimited funds. Unlimited, Unlimited oil funds. This could be in the basement of okay. the king's okay. palace. And this, is be a, all right. this is literally a lot to, to decipher and break it down. It sure okay, is. Okay, so let's start with Obataya. How confident we feel he's going he's gonna to win that fight? I, I like his chances. I like his chances, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm putting Dubas fight next. I yeah. mean, as far as uh, the other ones. How do how do we like his chances against Miller? I like I like, you know, Big Baby Miller has been out for a little bit. I think um, due yeah. to suspension. I think he was suspended. Um, but you know what? I think Danny Dubois has a mission to accomplish. So, you know, come back from that yes. loss. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I I I guess I'm putting Wilder third on this. Like they're they're not the co-main, so they're the one right behind it. Wilder versus Parker. That's a big fight, man. Big, big fight, yeah. How do we like that fight going? Um, I, I, I think it's um, Deontay Wilder has to stay relevant. He Haven't has seen to him get in a while. Haven't seen him, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a must win for him. We're going to find out where his head is. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, speaking of finding out who where their head is at. Co-main event, Joseph, or Joshua. 
versus Waylon. Yeah, Otto Wally, who came, who who fought against Tyson Fury decently. Yeah. Um, until I think Fury got a head cut, cut in the face, but uh, ultimately Fury did pull it out. Um, yeah, I want to see this fight too, especially with Joshua. Where is he at? Where is he after at? two fights, two lose, two fight losing yeah. streak, right? I believe so. I think I don't think he's fought since. But um, where is he at? And I've heard too that he's gonna use his old trainer. Okay. Um, the one he also trains, I think, uh, Conor McGregor. Saudi Arabia is literally setting up their next fight if Joshua and Wilder can put off wins, yeah. right? Yeah, and and the, to kind of top it off right now, I just saw a clip of Joshua Anthony Joshua and um, Deontay Wilder finally meeting each other face to face. What? In wow. the same room. How'd that turn out? Um, it's better than expected, right? and yeah. nothing happened. You know, yeah. Deontay Wilder was really respectful and they say, you know, nothing but let, nothing hand. but luck to you. Okay. But I hope, you know, I know we're gonna see each other down the road. Man, I can't wait for that. And then we have the main event. Do you think he's the main event? I don't I think do. that's his main event. I the think, I think Josh beat, was the main event. The minute he beat Canelo Alvarez, he became relevant, really relevant. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially in his division. Yeah. Uh, he, um man, I, I think he blows by Arthur. He I mean, I think he Arthur. sets that up for a better beef. I'm hoping so in Saudi Arabia. In what Saudi the, Arabia, why not? What a they're heck doing of, everything? Yeah, there. yeah. Well, that's an incredible, incredible card to end the card. year, December 23rd, live from Saudi Arabia. It's Riyadh season, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Is that mean that that's why we're getting this? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Riyadh season is the the uh, like a big spectacle that's why they had the Nganu fight oh, okay and it was part of their festival gotcha. so gotcha. that's what's going on two there. days before christmas too yep interesting awesome do you have any other news i do not all right well that wraps things up for our boxing segment for this week now on to our mma segment where we will be previewing or recapping ufc 295 Praheshka versus Piera. This was this past Saturday, November 11th, live from the Madison Square Garden in New York City. Kicking off our recap, we do have the fight between Mackenzie Dern versus Jessica Andrade in a women's strawweight division clash. One fighter looking to end her worst losing streak in her career. Um, Didn't go the way I thought it would go. Not at all. Not at all. I thought Mackenzie Dern, who's worldwide known jiu-jitsu master, I guess, yes. yep. get her on the ground, yep. do what she wants to do with her, and finish the fight with a submission. Exact opposite happened. Exact opposite. <laughs> Andre was looking to keep this one on her feet, and Dern had no answer of no getting answer. her down. No answer. Jessica Andrade used her power used um her ability to 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 land and move uh, keep moving keep away from trying to get uh Dern try to get her down several times but and even even the times that Andrade knocked her down with a punch or a kick or you know with a punch yeah um Dern invited her to come in yes invited her to come come and get some and she wouldn't no stand up let's do this all over again on our feet you want you want to watch a fight that has a perfect game plan against your opponent? That was this one. Yeah, Andrade on said, "Stay on the feet. Do not do not get overconfident. Don't try it on the ground. Right. Make her come to me and counterpunch and, and masterfully. Yeah, masterfully 
ended this fight. But in the end, we do have a TKO win for Jessica Andrade in the second round. Uh, what do you think's next for Jessica Andrade? 25 and 13, 16 and 10, the UFC now back in the win column and has been fighting five times this year. She is the most active fighter uh, almost ever. That doesn't ever happen five fights in a year. So for me, I think she needs rest for at least six months. Let's just see how the strawweight division unfolds. And then let's just see where she fits in it, in the rankings. Five fights in one year. One year. That's every two I've, months. I don't think I've heard of a male MMA fighter there, there has do that, been. right? And here's the thing. She can fight at the end of the year. She didn't really take any damage. So it's like she can fight six times. But and the thing I've, is that she's fought in two divisions. Two, yeah. she's go up yeah. or down. Yep. So, yeah, it's interesting to see where she lands next time. Um, I mean, yeah, I would love to see her uh, sit out, you know, take a break. Yep. But I don't think it's in her. I it's think she's, she's, she's coming up um, willing to take something in the top top 10. Um, you know, she is already in the top 10. So someone, maybe a, a Rihanna Jandy Roba, okay. who's ranked uh, number five in the world. Yep. All right, that brings us to our co-main event of the evening, where we do have Sergey Pavlich versus Tom Aspinall in a heavyweight division championship, interim championship clash. A co-main event that turned in to the winner winning the interim heavyweight title with a win. Um, This one, too, didn't turn out the way I expected it. It did not for you, did it? No, I, I thought Sergey Pavlich was going to go in there and muscle up some power take on and have a good long fight with um, Tom Aspinall. And I was the exact opposite because I said to you, why are we sleeping on Aspinall? I know he had this crazy freak injury, but before that, he was unstoppable. Like unstoppable. we were like, it doesn't matter who that who that uh, heavyweight champion is. He's going to beat him. And here we, here we are now. We see the old Aspinall back. Yeah, Tom and Aspinall. I mean, he did absorb some really good punches from Pavlich in the early first, on in the in, yep. early on in the round. But Tom Aspinall landed some ama- some great combinations and uh, finally found his mark, knocking out uh, Sergey Pavlich in the first round with one minute left. Two power bombs from yeah. his fists. Yeah, knocked him out, and then he went to some crown, uh, ground and pound, right. and that was over for Pavlich. Uh, t- the surprising interim heavyweight world champion of the world, Tom Aspinall. What is next for him? 14-3, and 7-1 in the UFC now. A big win back on track after that injury that sidelined him. Who knows when Jones is going to be back? And I think he needs to defend that belt in the first quarter, stay active. Let's see a fight with Serial Gone. Hey, I-, I would love to see that fight against Serial Gone. Um, what if we match something up with um Stipe Miocic? Do you think Miocic will come back for that fight? I don't think he's coming back for that fight. It's not a big enough name. So is he coming for the name and notoriety, or for the legacy, the championship, the um what have you of that of he, what Tom? Has he already has. is considered the greatest heavyweight of all time currently. So he's just fighting for the name for he's John Jones for, for a, a paycheck. The pay, well, yes. the paycheck, obviously, but fighting for, I'll be on top of this mountain and John Jones would be right behind me. He, yes, he, he has something to prove against Jones. He receives a bigger paycheck with Jones. He gets, there's nothing that is good for him in a fight against Aspinall at this point. What do you think sucks for a Sergi Pavlich? 
18 and 2, 6 and 2 in the UFC now. A really tough loss as he was on a roll. I know he'll come back and be stronger than ever. Um, here's my thing. Uh, if Aspinall does decide to wait on Jones, then I think we should match up Pavlovich against Cyril Gaon. So one of these two fighters, Cyril Gaon, should be fighting next. I think so. Yeah. And I think Cyril Gaon could probably make it within the next month or two, two months. Because if, if, uh, I don't think Tom Aspinall received any kind of injury. I no. think he's ready to go. I think he is. If he wants to defend that title right right now. I see February. in Europe. February? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think so. Well, that brings us to our main event of the evening. We do have Jiri Paheshka versus Alex Pieta in a light heavyweight division clash. Two fighters fighting for a vacant title in the light heavyweight division. Alex Pieta versus Jiri Paheshka in a light heavyweight clash. I mean, this was a great fight. Great fight. Piera used his legs, kicks, and Yari's legs were a mess. Um, yeah, I was surprised that Piera did start landing yeah. that leg kick and yeah. just kept on going, which you should, right? If you're always you something's working, continue doing it. Yeah, Piera, uh, Piera could really couldn't do anything in that stance, so you could see him going back and forth trying to find something. He landed a couple times, and where in the first round, I believe Alex Piera was looking like he was in trouble. Here's what I saw for me. In my opinion, Yari looked a little rusty. He looked a little looked very uncomfortable. Uh, you know he's coming back from energy. This is his first fight back. He didn't look like the Prokaja that we know. Yeah. Um Alex Vieta, he's on another level now. He is right? on another level. I mean, I think uh this is Two years ago, we didn't even know who Alex Vieta now is. And now, two years later, he's a two-time w, w, uh, UFC UFC. champion in two weight divisions. And I don't want to take Pierre – I don't want to take anything away from Pierre by right. saying that Prokaja didn't look – Right, right. Pierre looked phenomenal, had a great game plan, Remember. executed it well. Pierre does win the championship by TKO in the second round. Um, he didn't have a – a call out. I don't know if you heard that. I did not hear that. So there was a call out, and he referred to someone that he met or he called. Wait, Piera did have a call out. He did have a call. Okay, out. I didn't hear. I so hear. so he he referred to a gentleman that he claims rescued his life, pulled him out of the gutter, and uh, made him really want more for himself. And now he wants to fight him. Now he wants to fight him. That pulled him out of the gutter. Now he wants to beat him down. Yeah. Okay. And this is going to be for the third time. Oh, no. Don't tell me Israel yeah. Stylebender. Yes. Adesanya. He's called out Israel Adesanya to <laughs> meet him at the light heavyweight division um, for his next fight. Or, you know, maybe down the line. However, we do have the the uh, former champion also weighing in and say, no, no, no. I got next. Jamal Hill. Pierre is 9-2 and 6-1 and one in the UFC. Uh, like you said, he is a champion in another division. Uh, it seems like his last two fights have been against former champs in this division. Seems like he's beat, he's the champ killer. So I agree with Jamal Hill. They should lock horns here soon. Yeah, definitely. Jamal Hill is now ranked is was ranked third in the division. Um, three fight winning streak. Uh, he was a champion. He defeated Glover Teixeira. Uh, I would love to see that fight between Alex Pieta. And Alex Pieta is actually trained by Glover Teixeira, so it would be some kind of um, you know, link between each other. So let's go back to the style bender. Number one, do you want to see a third fight? Well, the thing is that I don't want to see the third fight. Okay. However, um, I, 
I've heard through the tweets that uh, uh, Adesanya may not fight until 2027. Uh, hold on. Oh, hold yeah. on. Hold on. I know. This That's is 2023. Right. Did you just a tell five me? Five-year layoff? About a five-year layoff? Four, oh, my gosh. Why? Yeah, why? maybe why? sooner, but... Why? But why? I, he's just retired, I guess. I don't know. Um, maybe it's, maybe a couple more years. Okay. Of, maybe he needs two years to recuperate. Uh, Alex but, Pierre looked huge against him at the middleweight. Right. I don't want... I don't think Adesanya can gain enough muscle to fight Pierre at that weight. Do you? Um, mm, I don't think so. Well, if he waits five years and eats a lot of cheeseburgers and try to maybe, I don't. I'm not interested in a third fight. How about um? Who do you think will win? Will win? Would win with between Piera and Hill? Piera. Piera looks phenomenal right now. For some reason, I love Piera. Right, but some reason he looks, he doesn't look as mobile. Okay. As a Jamal Hill would look. He doesn't look as flexible. Flexible or like uh. The footwork, footwork. Yeah. Okay. It, but then I'm talking about a multi-world champion kickboxer, too. So and what do I? And two-time USC champion, two sir. Time. Yep. Give him that respect, right? Yeah, definitely. Did we have any uh, fights at night or bonuses? Ah, uh, yes, we did. So, um, try to give you a guess for fight at night, but you probably won't get it because it wasn't even on the main card. So what was it? So we had uh, by. Vyacheslav, Vyacheslav Borshevich versus Nazim Sadikov. It was in a preliminary card, light lightweight division clash. That was drumroll. Okay, a draw. What? I they know, got a fight of the night. They got fight of the night for a draw. How well, bad were the other fights? <laughs> or how good was this one? Yeah. I guess so. It's yeah. Something that we gotta. Well, okay. I'm gonna have to re, uh, go back and re- watch. Yes. Um, performances of the night. There are. Three on the four, actually, on the main event. Uh, well, I mean, my top of my list is Aspinall. You're right. Yep. My second would be Piera. Right. My third would be Andrade. Yes. That was massive. Uh, I don't know what the fourth one is. So, and actually, and I and I said four, but all five performances of the night were to the winners of the main card. Diego Lopez uh, knocked out Pat Sabatina in the first round in the featherweight clash. Benoit Saint-Denis defeated by knockout Matt Favola in a lightweight clash um, in the first round. So all five fighters who won got a $50,000 bonus. Good for them and good for the UFC to recognize As it should be, right? Absolutely. They put their life on the line every time they get in the octagon. Well, this main card, um, again, featured five knockouts. So how many UFC pay-per-views have you watched where every single fight was a knockout? Not many. I mean, and so does that garner a rating of nine or higher? I I think it gives me a nine for me. I would take a nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. It was a great, I think it was a great main card. Um, you know, again, featured a lot of violence, a lot of knockouts. Yep. And then we have now two new champions to almost close out 2003. And, and those fights, like the Andrade, Andrade was, she was the underdog in that fight. Yeah, underdog, yeah. Right? And Aspinall was the underdog. underdog. I mean, underdogs won this night. It was very exciting. Yeah. So, did you win any uh, money 
placing bets on underdogs. I did not. Oh, I did not. They were too close of fights for me to place <laughs> hypothetical money. The train keeps moving on for the UFC. Uh, this week, we do have on November 18th, live from the UFC Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC Fight Night, Allen versus Craig on ESPN+. Kicking off our preview, we do have Chase Hooper versus Jordan Levitt in the lightweight division. This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makhachev is our current champion. Chase the Dream Hooper is 24 years old, 12-3 and three with four KOs, five submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked 66 in this division. His last fight was a win by decision May of this year, and he is 2-2. Two and two. In his last four fights. Now, Jordan, the Monkey King, Levitt, is 28 years old, 11-2 and two with two KOs. Six missions and three decisions. He is currently ranked 53rd in this division. His last five was a win by TKO in the first round. February of this year, and he is 3-1 and one in his last four fights. Hooper is a minus 210, and Levitt is a plus 175. Chase Hooper is from Washington. Washington State, he stands at 6'1 with a 75-inch reach. He represents Combat Sports Fitness. Notable wins come against Nick Fiore, Philip Colares, and Peter Barrett. Notable losses come against Steve Garcia, Steven Peterson, and Alex Caceres. Jordan Levett is from Las Vegas, Nevada. He stands at 5'9 with a 71-inch reach, and he represents Syndicate MMA. Notable wins come against Victor Martinez, Trey Ogden, and Matt Sales. Notable losses come against Patty Pimlet and Claudio Poyas. Well, uh, two up and counters in this division. Uh, yeah, Chase Hooper was one of those guys that we were that I think the UFC pinned to be the next big thing. They right? did, yes. And unfortunately, he's been a on and off and on and off kind of roller coaster has. career right now. Little, I, I'm a little shocked about how low he is in the rankings too at 66. Wow, yeah, I'm shocked at that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said. I will. I'm going to go ahead and go go with Jordan Levette by decision. What? I love the way Jordan Levette fights. Have you? Yeah, I, I love watching him. Okay, and you got him by decision. Well, we are going to differ. I got Hooper uh, by decision. Oh, but that brings us to our co-main event of the evening: Michael Morales versus Jake Matthews in a welterweight division clash. This is at 170 pounds. Leon Edwards is our current champion. Michael Morales is 23 years old, 15 and 0, with 11 KOs, one submission, three decisions. He is currently ranked 19th in this division. His last five was a win by decision, July of this year, and he is 3 and 0 in the UFC. Now, Jake, the Celtic kid. Matthews is 29 years old, 19 and 6, with five KOs, eight submissions, and six decisions. He is currently ranked 37th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, July of this year, and he's 2 and 2 in his last four fights. Now, Morales is a minus 295, and Matthews is a plus 240. Michael Morales is fighting out of Tijuana, Mexico. He stands at 6 foot with a 79 inch reach, representing Extreme Fitness Mahala. Notable wins come against Max Griffin, Adam Figgett, and Trevin Giles. Jake Matthews is from Melbourne, Australia. He stands at 5'11 with a 72-inch reach and represents Nexus MMA. Notable wins come against Darius Flowers, Andre Fialo, and Diego Sanchez. Notable losses come against Matt Smellishberger, Sean Brady, and Anthony Martin. Well, styles make fights, and we've got one guy, Morales, that's going to be looking to knock Matthews out, and Matthews is going to be looking to try to submit him. Yeah, and that's why I also I have 
Michael Morales by KO. Second round. Second round. Well, I'm drinking that undefeated Kool-Aid like you are. I'm taking Morales by KO in the second round, too. All right. That brings us to our main event of the evening. Brandon Allen versus Paul Craig in a middleweight division clash. This is at 185 pounds. Sean Strickland is our current champion. Now, Brandon, all in Allen, is 27 years old, 22 and 5 with 5 KOs, 13 submissions, and 4 decisions. He is currently ranked 17th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the first round, June of this year, and he is on a 5-fight winning streak. Now, Paul Bearjew Craig is 35 years old, 17 and 6 with 4 KOs, 13 submissions, and zero decisions. He is currently ranked 13th in this division. His last fight was a TKO in the second round, July of this year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Allen is a minus 450, and Craig is a plus 340. Brendan Allen is from Slidell, Louisiana. He stands at 6'2 with a 75-inch reach. Notable wins come against Bruno Silva, Andre Muniz, and Christoph Jatko. Notable losses come against Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. Paul Craig is from Scotland. He stands at 6'3 with a 76-inch reach, and he represents higher-level martial arts. Notable wins come against Andre Muniz, Nikita, Nikita Karlov, and Jamal Hill. Notable losses come against Johnny Walker, Volkan Ozdemir, and Alonzo Menafield. Massive favorite in this. Brennan Allen? Event. Yeah. Yeah. Minus 450. What's his um his uh what's what is his record again? Twenty two and five. And he's on a what kind of fight streak? Five fight winning wow. streak. Five fight winning streak. You know, um I'm gonna go ahead and take Allen. I think it's gonna be by submission. They both are submission artists, uh in the fourth round. Wow, you know, Paul Craig is is a brawler. He's yeah. he's um he can catch you by surprise for sure. But I'm also gonna take Brendan Allen by decision. Okay. Where are we setting the bar on this uh, fight night? Oh, this one, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, well, let's look at who else is on there. Okay. There's really not anybody as many uh, big names on here. Amanda Hebus is is on here Okay. against uh, Luana Pinheiro. And then uh, Nick Aguirre versus Peyton Tableau. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say a 7-2. Seven, a seven two. I'm going to say a seven. I'm going to set that bar low, and hopefully we'll uh, have some exciting fights. Yeah, definitely. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Conor McGregor names record he wants to break before retiring. When asked how many knockouts he thinks he has left in him, the Notorious replied with, with him aiming for at least four more, taking his overall tally. To 23. 23 might be like an odd choice, but would it would leave him aligned with one of the greatest strikers to ever step into the octagon with the potential of eating, even exceeding his numbers. With the next one marked the 20th KO, should he get it? He is definitely looking forward to that. 20 KOs in MMA is incredible feat. Anderson Silva has 23 overall, so it's a nice aim for me. So, do you think Connor? Is going to get another KO in his his career, let alone four more. Oh man, I I don't know if you already heard this or, or not. He's been pulled out of UFC two three hundred. He was supposed, I guess, it was in the works. He was supposed to fight, 
and UFC 300 against Michael Chandler. Wait, wait, wait. As of what day? Like today? As of, I think it's just in the rumors I have it, but now it's been conferred that he's been pulled out. I haven't seen that. Um, yes, yeah, some I read that somewhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, because he's been pulled out, and um, maybe the fight will happen sometime in the summer. But maybe but the UFC, maybe, but the UFC 300 is in the summer. Um, is it in the summer? Because we're at UFC 96 next week or next is, couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know when it is, but yeah, I mean, you may be right. That's interesting. So basically, what you're you're answering the question. You don't think he's getting another KO? <laughs> I don't think so. And one other reason why is my little news nugget for this week. Okay. Conor McGregor reignites beef with a former boxing world champion. McGregor is at it again on social media, calling out Floyd Mayweather. I'm not interested in seeing that again. Are you? Uh, no. I mean, again, again, we're just, what, just, you know, uh, just reaching for stuff now, right? We're yeah, just, isn't just, he? Yeah, I think so, too. He hasn't impressed me whatsoever in, in the last two fights that he's fought. Yeah, but actually, this is not even against Floyd Mayweather. It's against another former world champion. Oh, well, maybe I might be interested. Is it Jake Paul? No, he's the world champion. Oh, yeah, he is. It's in his head, he is. But okay. maybe you won't be as interested. Okay. How about a polymaginali? Not even close interested in that. I'd almost give Connor a chance. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Did you see Maginali, Molly Janali, Molly Janali fight against, um, I think it was Artem Labov in a bare knuckle fight? Did you, I, did you I ever did see not. that? I and, did see that. Okay. And who won? I think, uh, I believe it was Labov who, who oh, won. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's why I give Connor a chance. Patty Pimblett insists Tony Ferguson remains dangerous ahead of the UFC 296 fight. Nearly, he had nearly finished Gagey and nearly finished Chandler. Patty Pimblett said he is a very dangerous guy and he can finish anyone, even in the fights that he lost in his sixth fight losing streak. He nearly finished Gagey in the second round and nearly finished Chandler in the first round. He dropped Bobby Green in the first round. So it's not... So it's not as if these fights have been absolutely, he has been absolutely dominated. So do you agree with Patty Bimblett that Tony Ferguson right now is, is, is dangerous? El Kukui, um, man, I don't, I have to see it to believe it. And, you know, of course we're all big fans of Tony Ferguson. Of course we, we've enjoyed him, his service to the UFC, the wars that he's been through. But I think the last couple of times we've seen him fight, we've probably begged him to maybe it's time to put up the gloves. We sure have. And so I don't think he's that much of a dangerous. But, I mean, again, maybe he'll throw a surprise in there and get a win. And then what happens? Does he, does he reignite his career? Do we Then we see more Tony Ferguson? Yeah, that's the problem. We want to see him win, but we know the minute he wins, he's going to think he's worthy of trying to climb that ladder in that division for another title fight. I feel like Patty Pimblett's just trying to sell a fight. Yeah, <laughs> at I'm, this I'm point. Well, I don't know if you remember, but um, do you uh, do you remember the name Talia Santos? I do. 
She came close to upsetting the then champion Valentina Shevchenko back in June of 2022 and um, lost by split decision where many people said ah, she probably did win the championship but was yeah. screwed, I guess, yep. by the judges. Um, since then, she did lose her return match, um, a close bout against the top contender Aaron Blanchfield. Yep. However, the UFC has decided to part ways with Talia Santos and um, cut her from the UFC roster. That's shocking to where... What's the rest of the story? Because that doesn't make any sense. She still had a couple fights left in her deal, according to Santos, and it's unclear why uh, they released her. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me because um, it's hard enough to find female fighters to begin with, and then you have a formidable fighter in 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 Santos. I, that's interesting. She will be literally scooped up within two weeks by the PFL or Bellator. Yeah, uh, Santos does leave the UFC in a, on a four and three record, um, but nineteen and three overall in MMA. Wow! Do you have any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our pick'em lead, where human error hit the fight shed podcast. I know our players did not get a select <laughs> this last weekend, did they? No, they did not. No, but that's okay. We still had our uh, selections. Uh, I went. Two and one, yeah. Uh, for a total now at eleven, and Daniel, you went zero and three. Maybe there was something like an you know something like ESP or something like that that said you should don't even publish this. Don't even publish don't it. even do it. Don't, don't do even it. do the thing because you're gonna lose your shirt. What happened? Yeah, what happened that I missed it? Yes. What happened on both no, accounts? No. What happened that you went zero and three? That had never happened for you. Never. It really doesn't. Never. And actually, um, it's it's like uh, it's like Sugar Sean O'Malley. That loss never happened. Right. Yeah. So because yeah, we never count. That's right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so it so didn't you really still happen. stick at eight there, sir. <laughs> yes, I do. But this weekend, for sure, we will have some picks for, available for our players. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us again on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week.